Hey, Chloe. Hi, Rash. How are you going? Yeah, really happy. How are you? Good. This is our first recording for 2021. Mm, very auspicious. It, it feels auspicious. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to, you know, where we where we take Pilates Elephants in 2021. Um and yeah, all the all the topics we're going to take a take a deep dive do think, into. Do you think we'll run out of elephants? No. Nah. <laughs> Never. <laughs> Are you concerned about that? <laughs> no, not in the slightest. I still feel like our our um our note our our shared note is still a little bit like quicksand. Yeah, it gets longer every week, not shorter. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm not I'm not worried at all. I um I put a little message out on my Instagram yesterday and a little shout out for topics that our listeners might like us to discuss. So if there's something if you're sitting out there listening and you've listened to, you know, our, our other episodes and there's something that's you know you're like oh I really want those two to have a have a chat about this, please send us a, a direct message. You can always. Catch me on on Instagram, or where are all the good places and, to catch us? And, Raph? and how would how would someone catch you on Instagram? How would someone catch me on Instagram? That's great. Yes, I should not assume, should I? So it's I'm Chloe Bunter Pilates, which is just C L O E. My mum left the H out, which has given me a lifetime of correcting the spelling of my name and potentially missed <laughs> missed emails and whatnot. But it's <laughs> Chloe without an H, C L O E Bunter Pilates. Um, and Raph, you are. What's um, your What's your Insta tag? Um, the Raphael Bender. The Raphael Bender. Mm-hmm. And any messages you send to um, Breathe Education Insta, which is Breathe dot Education uh, on Instagram, the lovely shaman will always um, forward them to us as well. So, yeah. also a great place to get us. So, uh, what are we going to talk about today, eh? Uh, I want to talk about uh, a topic that's, you know, quite dear to my heart, I guess, because I've, uh, well, I've experienced it before. I've seen many, many, many uh, highly experienced and talented uh, Pilates instructor experience it before. And I've seen it, um, you know, really uh, a choke, choke students as well. I think, I think this, this, what we're about to talk about is a classic, classic choke yeah, of your flow and of your self-belief and your passion. So we're going to talk about imposter syndrome. I want to play a little sound when you say that. Oh, my God, you played the sound. I'm so happy. (laughs) (laughs) Imposter syndrome, not to be confused. (laughs) Okay, do you think I overcooked it? No, 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 that was cute. Three okay. might be too much. Okay. But not to be overcooked with the, the the title of an earlier podcast episode we did, which was a play on words with imposture syndrome, which was our <laughs> which was our our episode about posture. So not to be confused with that. This is more um, the one where you just kind of feel like a fake. You feel like a fake or and you feel not good enough and you feel, yeah, I think it's the real, I am not enough. Mm. I'm going to be found out. It's, um, it's crippling. It, it doesn't serve 
it doesn't serve anyone. It doesn't serve you, but it also doesn't serve, you know, your clients, the, the world. Yeah. I think, <laughs> like I there's think nothing good about it. With imposter <laughs> syndrome, like, I mean, plenty, plenty of us don't feel good enough, you know, in various times and places in our life. Yeah. But I think imposter syndrome is, is distinguished by like on the outside, you mm. look like you're doing good and everyone's yeah. telling you that you're great and your classes are full and people are going, oh, look at you, you're living the dream. Um, yeah. But on the inside, you think like, yeah, I look like I'm, I know what I'm doing, but really I'm a fraud. And one day, you know, someone's going to catch me out and then the game will be up. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and what we want to sort of, you know, Raf and I have been sort of talking about this over the last couple of days and, um, you know, we've also found a, a cool um, systematic review on imposter syndrome, um, the, the psychological um a better word, would I say? Would I say disorder? I don't. Would I? Uh, it's actually not a disorder in the de- current, in the current DSM five. Yeah. Right. Okay. And it actually says that in that, doesn't it? Mm. So there you go. Um, yeah. So there's that. We wanted to have a chat about that, and then I think that there's also the the just the general sense of you know feeling that yeah you're not enough of something. Yeah, Is that right? Yeah. Or being made to feel, and also perhaps being made to feel like you're not enough of something because of training or, um, do, do, does that make sense? Because you know, like we were talking about, you know, Perhaps you come from a different school of Pilates or someone is, a, you know, has come from a different school of Pilates and they're like, that's not a teaser because of this shape you're creating or no, that's not Pilates. Mm. Yeah? Mm. yeah? I think we're going to – let's talk about all of it because I think it all um, impacts, you know, uh, yeah. Yeah, let's have a chat about all of it. All right, so like, so why are you, you know, why is this something that is of interest to you? Um, it's of particular interest to me because it, I really, for, for me, it's really the 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 choke factor um, I see it coming into with my students, and by my students, I mean my breathe education um, trainee teacher trainers, uh, trainee um, Pilates instructors. Um, and it's that, you know, it's that insidious sort of this self-doubt, um, that comes in and, and why it upsets me is, well, it, well, for a number of reasons, it, it, you know, it, it hampers, it, it, it stilts progress, doesn't it? Like it, it hampers, it hampers progress. It, it, you know, it chokes, it chokes on your, your passion and it chokes on you, you know, I, I truly, truly believe that if you put enough into something, you can achieve it, right? Right? So if you want to be, uh, you know, really good at playing guitar, well, then you've got to start somewhere. You've got to, you know, it's going to, you're going to have a hard time getting your fingers in place. The music's probably going to sound like shit. Your friends probably aren't going to want to listen to you playing it first. I have, you know, made my friends listen to the banjo before. I was told to promptly pop it down. But you know what I mean? Like you've got to be okay with it not being great and knowing that that is part of a learning experience, right? And for some reason I see in Pilates 
I don't, I, I see it a lot in Pilates. It's like if you can't do a roll up the first time, then you can't do Pilates and you sure as hell can't be a Pilates instructor and you're a fake. Like, how can I teach the control balance dismount when I can't do it myself? But guess what? I can. Yeah, I can teach sure. it. And I and I taught it for a long time before doing it myself. But I have seen when we talk in various places, they're like, well, you shouldn't teach something you can't do yourself or, or do you know, you know, like – so that's a that could be a trigger for for imposter syndrome uh, or for self doubt. So I guess uh, I feel very passionately about it because I see it unnecessarily hampering what is essentially a learning. What is essentially learning? What is essentially the the you know learning something right? Learning a new skill. Um, <laughs> You're going to make mistakes. You're not going to be great at things. They're not going to look pretty. They're not going to sound pretty. That doesn't mean you're not valid in what you're doing. You're not worthy of your, what you're doing and that you won't ultimately be really, really successful in what you're doing. Yeah. Is, is that, and, I, and I think, Ralph, I think I'm a great – I think I'm quite a, I'm quite an example of that. Like I, you know, I have so many students say to me, but you know, like you just you know, you, you cue so effortlessly, or this or that, or you know, it just it comes so second nature to you. Well, l- a lot of them don't know that when I did my first course to be a Pilates instructor, I was like, I was not. By the end of that, I was I was still. You know, I, I, I was struggling. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't, I was like, oh, I don't think, I, you know, I'd see my friends who are awesome Pilates instructors and they made it look so easy and I was like, oh, it's easy. And then I was like, oh, this is really hard, like to the point, to the point I was like, I'm not going to do this. Because I also, and you know, I also think, and I'm sort of going down a bit of a, a rambling rabbit hole here though, but I also think sometimes that self-doubt to, um, you can also sometimes use it as a cop out and be like, "No, I've just got way too self, too much self doubt on this. I'm, I'm too much of a fraud. I can't do this." And and you can actually quit on something, mm. particularly if you are someone like me. And I think we'll talk about this in that systematic review. That is quite a high achiever and likes to be really good at things. I like to be good at things that I'm passionate about. Yeah. So for someone like me, if that's happening, then it can just be like, "Okay, well, stuff it. I'm not good at this." You know, as opposed to recognizing that it's okay not to be good at something and not to be an expert at something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, I just want to sort of work through it a bit with our listeners and help unpack it a little and, you know, um, yeah, know that there there is a journey to being really good at something and to making something appear effortless. We know it takes a lot of time, doesn't it, Ralph? Mm. I think, um, you know, for me, I, you know, I obviously, I mean, I guess I echo everything that you've said there in terms of it, you know, it, it inhibits growth and prevents people from from progressing really, and and you know, oftentimes people give up or don't try as hard as they they could um, because they feel inadequate to the task. Mm. Um, but I, I, I guess 
you know, a, a couple of things that I would like to share is uh, one, firstly, that, you know, as uh, I've sort of moved through in my journey of owning a business and I've owned a business now since I, I haven't had an actual job now since 2004. Um, and, you know, so I started my own business. I never went to business school. I never did any kind of business training at all. I just had no fucking clue at all. I just started a business and did almost everything wrong. That fascinates me because you are so like business is your jam. Yeah, well, I've I've got good at it because I've been practicing right. it for a long time. Right. You know, right. it's twenty twenty one. You know, it's right. seventeen years in, and because um, you make it look effortless now. Okay, I'm with you. I had no idea. Well, if I've been practicing the piano six hours a day for the last seventeen years, you know, I'd hope I'd be pretty good by now. You'd hope so. Yeah. Um, gee, maybe I should have spent the sixteen years practicing the piano. Uh. <laughs> no, because um, now I just I love the piano. <laughs> I, I, I'm I'm pretty happy with my life choices. Um, yes. Uh, but, you know, something that I, I learned relatively early on, I think it was just by luck, by hanging around with the right people through blind chance, was that pretty much everybody is just figuring it out as they go along uh, in business. And there's no, you know, there's lots of people who tell you they've got, you know, this amazing system to, you know, the three-step systems of success or whatever. But really, everyone's just kind of figuring it out as they go along. And um, that, I found that enormously reassuring. That even, mm. even the people that looked like they really mm. had their shit together, <laughs> like when I got behind mm. closed doors with some of them and they were like, oh, I don't fucking know what I'm doing. Mm. <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, so that's everyone. Everyone doesn't know what they're doing. <laughs> not just, not just me. <laughs> that's normal. Mm. Um, yep. So I think, I think something that we can do like you and I and, and other people who are kind of established in the industry is we can normalize like yeah. the fact that no one really knows what the fuck we're doing. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, you know, of course, as you as you become more experienced, you know, typically you do get more skilled at the things that you do. But it, there are many, many thing areas in, in Pilates now I'm talking about that, that I just have no clue, you know, or I think I know it and then next time I do it, it doesn't work or it works differently or whatever. And I'm like, oh, I guess I didn't, I guess I didn't know that. <laughs> um, yeah, Every so, time yeah. Heath and I, Heath and I study the, the, the slides of, you know, the, the old slides of the, the images of Joseph on, on the various apparatus and whatnot, um, from his original gym, um, from Joseph's original gym, mm. we, we find a new nuance. We're like, really? Again, we thought we looked at this, you know, with a <laughs> magnifying glass. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, yeah. To be honest, I'm going to say I actually find that I actually find that there is no endpoint. I find that uh, incredibly uh, inspiring and and uh, keeps me interested. I to, guess. I guess. Yeah, yeah. I guess there are two. You know, there are two two kinds of people in the world, aren't there? Um, well, I guess, like in this regard, I feel like there are kind of two kinds of people. There are people who see, you know, at some, you know, find something that they're not good at or not they know less than they want to, or they see someone who's better than they think they are at something, um, and they find that inspiring. They're like, "Oh, look at that person! They're awesome! I want to be like that. I'm going to go and practice, or I'm going to go and ask them how do you do it." 
or I'm going to read a book on it, or I'm going to do a course or whatever. Or, or they, you know, they, they attempt something and they go, oh, yeah, I didn't really pull that off the way I wanted to. <laughs> that was a lot harder than I thought it would be. I better yeah. practice, you know, I'm, I'm going to yeah. knuckle down and practice. And then, you know, a week, a month, a year or, or a decade later, they come back and they're like fucking awesome, you know, like they've really yeah. nailed it. And then there's there are other people who like have that same sort of uh, experience of like they see someone who's way more skilled than they think they are or they they try to pull some off, pull off some move or cue or class design or whatever and it's like yeah mm. that didn't really work or I, I i didn't pull it off i don't feel like i pulled it off and mm. and they get kind of defeated by that they're like oh look at that person they're awesome i'll never be that awesome why, why even bother mm. you know or like oh I, I tried teaching a class that way but it didn't work so you know i didn't mm. so I, I didn't do it again you know um mm. and and to me i think like well, you want to be in the first group. You know, you want to be somebody who responds to challenge. Now, I'm not talking about like if if you tried something and you didn't like it. You know, you like yeah, you know, yeah, totally fine. Do yeah. try another thing. There's lots yeah. of things to lots of things to try for sure. Yeah, but if you tried something and you just you 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 didn't measure up to your own expectations in terms of how yeah. good you were at it, right? Yeah. Like that's fine. Just means you haven't practiced enough yet. You know. Yes. Yes. And, and, you know, give yourself feedback, you know, once you, you know, if you like, and I've I've said it in other podcast episodes and I say it to my students all the time and I say it to everyone, something to some of the, you know, you've told me many wise words, but the whole, you don't, you know, when you've always said to me, you you don't know if you know something until you try and teach it to someone. I tell you what, that's been the most fantastic feedback for me for my ongoing self-development because that's exactly what I do. Mm. I try and teach it. If I if I felt if I felt I wasn't crystal clear on 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 delivering it, whatever that may be, whether that be a concept, whether that be an exercise, well instead of going, oh Chloe, you're so shit. You're such a failure. Oh my God, you shouldn't be doing what you're doing, you know, I mm. go, Cool, awesome, great. So now I know where I need to fine tune it. Mm. Oh, I just need to read that bit and get a bit clearer on. Oh, maybe I'll ask Raph about this, or maybe I'll say like, Heath, how do you set this up? You know, mm. like, and get excited by that learning process mm. as opposed to going and you know self-flagellating. Mm. You know what? I think like what we're actually talking about, like right now, is is more perfectionism. Yeah, you, we've gone. We have gone a bit more into perfectionism, haven't we? I think it's interesting because hmm, it is really interesting because if we maybe this is a good point to I can now bring in. I might have a little chat about the systematic review yeah. because you've just said perfectionism, and that's making me think. Well, what they found was similar personality traits, right? So I'll just bring it up. And we will obviously link um, this in the show notes for you guys. So um, I found this uh, fascinating. It's a it's a systematic review uh, that Raf found. Um, it was published in the Journal of Mental Health and Clinical Psychology on the prevalence predictors and treatments of imposter syndrome. A systematic review. 20, prevalence 2019. predictors. Twenty nineteen. Right, so it's it's pretty pretty darn recent. So this is really interesting. This is from the introduction. I'm just going to read it to you. Imposter syndrome is a condition that describes high-achieving individuals who, despite their objective successes, fail to internalize their accomplishments and have persistent self-doubt and fear of being exposed as a fraud or imposter. 
Individuals struggling with imposter syndrome do not attribute their performance to their actual competence, instead ascribe their successes to external factors such as luck or help from others while considering setbacks as evidence of their professional inadequacy. Oh, what an intro. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So so that, that is fascinating to me. Um so I, I, I tell you yeah. who I tell you who this is. This is this is maybe the instructor who's been out there teaching for a number of years, you know, two plus years, and teaching regularly, and and you know, on the outside is living living the dream. You know, their classes are full, they're mm. they're popular. You know, people follow them on social media. They get lots of sort of accolades. From maybe they win like you know, instructor of the month at their studio they work at or something like that. Their their people are praising them for how awesome they are, mm. a- and yet on the inside they feel like a fraud. They feel like, oh yeah, sure, my classes are full, right? But anyone can teach a group reformer class. Actually. I don't know kind of like what's going on inside people's bodies and I don't know special cues that other people seem to be using. I don't understand what they mean. Mm. And, you know, like, so therefore I'm not a real Pilates instructor. I'm just kind of dressing up and play acting as a Pilates instructor. And, um, yeah, to me that's really, that's, I, I think, well, I think there are, again, there, there are, I've identified, I reckon, a couple of different sort of subgroups within this. And one, one mm. is like, I feel like what's well, just kind of, sad that it's like well why can't you just enjoy your success you know like you're doing awesome yeah i know oh. i think that makes me feel it makes me feel really sad too and i've done this before to myself i have done i have had absolute moments of imposter syndrome at, at different at varying points throughout my career um and i think it really took me to come to a realization that I was actually just being really sad to myself mm. like why like why didn't i deserve to go, no, Chloe, this is because you have put your blood, sweat and tears. You know, I have been gritty with my, with my passion. I have been dedicated. I have, you know, like I've put in the hard yards. Why would I say that that was down to luck or Mm. because so-and-so helped me or whatnot? It's almost a bit tall poppy syndrome too when I think about that, but it's like, you know, it's like, no, no. It's because I did fucking a lot of hard work and I should be really proud of myself. So now when any thoughts come in like that, I just go, no way. You know, you've done done the work, girl, you know. You know, um, the excess – so one of the things that they said in this systematic review is there are no known – treatments for imposter syndrome like not as in we've tried a lot of stuff and nothing works it's like no no one's ever actually done any research Mm. on on how to treat it so we really don't have any clue of what might work or what might not work so this is not based on science this is just like you know what i reckon but um you know something that we we did uh, yesterday at our strategy day for for breathe education was um we we did a positive focus which we've you and i've talked about before on the podcast which is basically Mm. You just say something that you're feeling happy about, something you're grateful for in your life, and there's science behind that, and that actually does enhance people's happiness. You know, if you if you contemplate briefly each day, you know, three or four things that you're feeling grateful for, you tend to feel happier. Um, but we did it with a particular focus yesterday on things that you feel proud of that you've achieved in the last year, or that we as a team had achieved in the last year. And we, how do you long how long do you reckon that that little section went for, Chloe? Like. 
positive focus yesterday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. on the, we're pr- what we're proud of and what we're glad we achieved. Oh, did we did we do a fifteen minute? No, I reckon it was uh, it was probably but more like forty five minutes. There were. Oh, do you yeah. know what? Well, the the fact that I can't recall the amount of time is because it didn't. Do you know what I mean? It just. It was so lovely, like I wasn't paying any attention to time. It was just so beautiful hearing everyone's yeah. um, positive focus of what they were proud of that that we did as as a, as a company, as teams, as individuals last year. Yeah. So, um, so I must admit I was in – I didn't look at the clock once, Ralph. Well, I was looking at the clock because I was supposed to keep us on track with time. Oh, but, um, is that okay? Um so anyway, I guess, you know, kind of mm-hmm. sort of a little bit based on evidence that we know this in from the happiness literature that this this helps happiness um, is to contemplate things that you've got to be happy about. Um, Celebrating and, wins. Yeah. And so I would, you know, I would, you know, suggest that if this is something that's an issue for you, maybe mm. doing like a gratitude diary, but instead of gratitude, do things you're proud of, you know, something, what, what's, what are three things that you're proud of that you did? It might just be, hey, I was nice to my mum or... I, you know, taught a really kick-ass, you know, group reform of flow class today or I was really friendly with a new client who walked in the door or, you know, just anything that you're proud of or I got a master's degree, you know, or I'm, I hit my goal weight or I'm, I can do like twice as many reps on teaser as I could this time last year or whatever, mm. like just anything that you feel like you you, de- you could deserve to be proud of, you know, like if it was mm. – um, actually, there are there are. It could t- just be. It could just be. I didn't. It could. It can also just be as simple as I didn't hit snooze button this morning. Yeah. Like you don't like uh, with these things too. Like tiny, tiny habits. Yeah. Tiny, tiny habits have been, you know, shown to to lead to to long term changes. Mm. So you know, things can be little too. It doesn't like some days. You know, I might be having a shitty day. I might be having a shitty day and sometimes it's harder to look for the, the bigger things, but I can always find something, something that, you know, I've like proud of myself for or something I'm grateful for. And it just could be literally as simple as that. It could be, Hey, I washed my hair today. Mm. Like, you know, I've been putting that, it like, it really can be that simple. And then, you know, on the other days you can find like bigger things, but I, I really do want people to really start to, to own their hard work. You know, start to own the passion, you know. And we know, Raph, we know this about people who get into Pilates, right? People who are interested in Pilates and get into Pilates to become a Pilates instructor, they're freaking passionate Mm. about Pilates. Mm. They're Mm. really passionate about (laughs) helping people. They're really passionate about what Pilates has done for their life, how Pilates has changed their life. Like, like there is, there is, genuine passion in that, right? And if you're lucky enough to have found that level of passion in your life, something that you are that passionate about, you more than half your battle is won. Now you just got to get gritty on it and knuckle down and Mm. you can bloody achieve anything. Like, like seriously, if you take one thing from this podcast, like that, and there is evidence behind that. There is a, there's science behind that guys. Like grab yourself um, grit by Angela Duckworth. Yeah, and we'll link to it um, in the show notes. Basically, yeah. meant just like sticky. If you stick to stuff, you right? find the thing. So it's yeah. about you got it. Like, and it's about like I liked what Raf said before. It's not like you know you can try lots of things. Like maybe you tried needlepoint and you didn't like it, or maybe you tried like marathon running and you didn't like it. Cool, 
try try the things until you get to the point where you're like, oh, yeah. And if you've already got your passion, like easy. Now you just like – Yeah, you now just all you've got to do like, is practice for 10 years and bam, you get really you, good. You've got to practice and you've got to – you got to be like patient with the process too. You've got to work hard for it. You have to work hard for it. There's no easy way to success. I'm sorry, but there's not. Like, you uh, know. Hold on. Uh, life hack to get really okay. good at something, just practice consistently over a long, large number of years. There you go. There you go. Yeah. Bam. Bam. Um, but, but you know, get read, read grit, read grit. It's a great, it's, it's a seriously great read. Can I loop back to the study for a sec? Mm. So I thought it was, you know, there was there's quite a few, I mean, this, you know, you sent me the, because I think in my, I was speaking to Raph about this um, earlier, is that in my head, I think we, we, you know, I was thinking imposter syndrome, I think probably in my head meant something maybe that it's not, or because I've always just, we, I think it's a, a term we bandy around very easily, doesn't it? Mm. It's like, oh, uh, you know, I feel like I'm not wearing the right active wear today. I've got imposter syndrome now or I, you know, like, do you know what I mean? Like I think we throw it around a little too much self-doubt with an imposter syndrome, whereas the imposter syndrome, it, you know, it seems to, well, there, there's a, there's a definition. Yeah. And then it seems from, from, from this systematic review that they have found that it tends to often, it says imposter syndrome often coexists with what we call comorbidities, which simply means there's there's some other things going on, right? So um, it often coexists with depression, anxiety, low self-esteem, somatic symptoms, and social dysfunction. So I, I found that quite interesting. Mm. Um, yeah, and, I don't know. And what they recommend, uh, you know, in the absence of direct evidence on how to treat um, imposter syndrome is uh, this is obviously this paper is written for psychologists. It's not written mm. for Pilates instructors <laughs> like you yes, and me. Yes, that's right. So, guys, um, we are reading from it from it. Yeah, from it. Yeah, so, from um, it. you know, this would be the the treating psychologist. Um, mm. uh, you know, to focus on uh, first, if someone you know comes to you with imposter syndrome to to screen for anxiety and depression and yeah. and if present to tr- you know to treat those with evidence because we do, do have good evidence-based treatments for anxiety and depression yeah um and that if you're somebody out there who you know suffers from imposter syndrome and and we're talking about more of the the kind of clinical definition of imposter syndrome yes. now where objectively from the outside you're a high yeah. achiever and people are telling you you're awesome you know, morning, noon, and night, and you. I want to be like and, you. Yeah. Why can't I be as good as you? It's like you know, that's what they're saying when they're but, when they're looking But on at the your inside, work. you feel yeah. like a fake, and you feel like, oh yeah, that was just good luck. I just landed this job by good luck. My classes are only full because I teach at the good times. You yeah. know, all of that's all of that stuff. Um, so if if basically your internal sense of competence is out of whack with your actual verifiable real world achievements. That's imposter syndrome, um, and if if that applies to if you feel that applies to you, well, there's you know there's probably a really good chance that there's some combination of depression, anxiety, um, low self esteem, you know, according to the systematic review. And if so, um, you know, if you feel that applies to you, well, there are really good evidence based effective treatments for those things, and you should go you know talk to a mental health professional. And in yeah. fact, there are some freaking awesome apps. Um, I, I've I've been doing a bunch of literature searches on mental health recently. 
And um, there are some really good online apps that you can use, self-use, to treat depression and anxiety. And they're just as effective as in-person cognitive behavioral therapy. Um, so I'll see if I can uh, dig out one wow. or two of those and link to them. And, you know, we're not affiliated with any of these, you know, folk. We just, this is just public service announcement. But um, and, and also disclaimer, you know, always, you know, if you need, if you've got, me, you know, if you need help with mental health, you know, always, you know, reach out to, to a, to a trained, trained healthcare. Yeah. Provider in well, that. In well, that, this, yeah. this, um, you know, this recent systematic review I read on anxiety suggested that you know the online treatment, you know, uh, without actually a, a, a therapist, but wow. using this evidence-based app that was designed by, you know, psychology researchers, mm. um, you know, so it's not just like some dollar ninety-nine thing you buy in the app store. It's, you know, it's it's <laughs> designed yeah. by professionals. <laughs> Um, and it sort of, I'm not sure exactly what it does, but it basically helps you retrain your thinking patterns. Um, so yeah, so that's something to consider. But um, in terms of the, you know, and I guess you and I were discussing this off air before, and I, I guess we're not really, we don't really know what's, you know, what's more prevalent, whether it's, you know, this kind of clinical definition of someone who's actually externally a high achiever, but on the inside feels like they're a fake. Mm. or, you know, the person you were sort of mentioning before who's like maybe just kind of like hasn't spent the hours yet to be really good at something and feels like a fake because they're not yet really good at it, where in reality it's like, no, you're exactly where you should be after the number of hours of practice that you've done um, and you're probably just more suffering from perfectionism, you know. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Um, there was, there was just back to, I'm just having a look. There was, because it was interesting that they said in this, in this systematic review, they're looking at it, um, too, through the aspects of how, um, the workplace has changed, um, with COVID, uh, 19, um, with COVID restrictions. Yeah. Um, and I, I self-doubted myself then, is it COVID-19 or is it COVID-9? <laughs> I don't know why that happened. <laughs> I just call it the Rona these days. So I'm like, <laughs> I'm a little bit, <laughs> had a moment there, um, a bit of a brain freeze. Um, uh, and it was about how um, em employees who have transitioned to working at home but who have imposter syndrome um, – are actually suffering a little more with their imposter syndrome due to not having as much um, support uh, uh, from their employees and but also not having the same level, like not having as much frequent recognition um, of, of success and things like this. Uh, I'm just trying to find that. Do you remember reading that? Uh, I do recall it, but I've got and I've got the study. Here we go. Me, Employees who are working from home for the first time may feel less supported by supervisors and managers. Um, the situation may be complicated by working from home, home life pressures. Um, employers and managers need education in the recognition of imposter syndrome. Um, da, 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 da. Uh, oh, there's a really good bit that I need to find for you guys. Raph, you talk while I find it. <laughs> Well, something, <laughs> so, <to> you. <laughs> something I wanted to, to talk about is um, in, you know, more in relation to the sort of perfectionism uh, end of the, of the continuum, yeah. I guess, yeah. uh, where 
basically, you know, I, I see this a lot in our students and probably in new grads as well, where they, you know, like, I mean, you and I were talking about this earlier where, um, you know, some people are in kind of like week three of the course or something of our course, uh, Pilates instructor course, and they've learned literally the first six exercises, like four of which are footwork. Um, and, you know, so now, and now they're, they're, they're having a tutorial on those exercises the following week. And, you know, there was this whole kind of like, um, you know, people putting like massive expectations on themselves and mm. saying, I'm feeling overwhelmed, I'm freaking out, you know. Uh, it's mm. like it's like literally <laughs> you're teaching six exercises, four of them are footwork, so it's basically three exercises. And it's like when we say teaching at that stage of the course, what we mean is you literally just stand there and go, okay, do footwork. You know, like mm. <laughs> that, that, that's all you have to yeah, do. Yeah, so it's – it's it, and, and also, you know, you can't – for the most part, <laughs> most people – can't just see something once and, you know, something, you know, and learn it. Yeah, I'm not saying everyone can't, but, you know, like that would be the abnormal. So, you know, be be kind to yourself and, and also enjoy the process of learning. Mm. Like enjoy the messy bits. Enjoy the stumbling bits. Enjoy the bits where you're like, you can't get your words out or you can't, you know, like what, what, what do babies do? Have you seen a baby try to learn to walk? What if a baby, you know, got up, fell back down and went, oh, man, I'm so shit at walking. I better keep crawling. Well, it's interesting that you say that because often we're, you know, we're very much better at being compassionate with others when they kind of fail or, or you know, are on a sort of going through a process. It's a bit painful. Um, mm. we're much, it's much easier for, for us to be compassionate with others. Like, you know, imagine if your kid comes home and goes, oh, I'm, you know, mum, I failed my maths test or whatever. It's like, you mm. know, do you, do you yell at them or do you, know, like, or mm. do you say, oh, you know, they're there, darling, you know, you probably need, you know, how much did you study? Let's get you some help for studying. You know, like you, mm. you'd, you'd, you'd give them an arm around the shoulder and you'd help them work out some strategies to, you know, fix it. Um, whereas if if it's you that failed the math test, you know it's you're much more likely if you're like most people to just like curse yourself out and tell yourself you know a lot of negative self talk, um, mm. and it can be really hard to kind of to get out of that, you know, to to mm. to to behave to yourself as you would to someone else. Like it's really easy to say, oh, you know, just treat yourself like you would treat someone else, mm. but it's, it's it's really hard to do that. Um, yeah. And in the compassion literature, um, again in mental health, that there are a couple of strategies that I read recently, which um, are based on this ph- phenomenon that it, it is in fact much easier for most of us to be compassionate to other people than it is to be compassionate mm-hmm. to ourselves, which mm-hmm. is to just imagine like a dear friend of yours, you know, imagine a particular friend of yours. It's like, just say this particular friend of yours had this exact situation going on, right? I mean, just say like they're a popular Pilates instructor, they, you know, their classes are full and they feel like a fake, you know, what would you say to them? You know, mm. or imagine a, a friend of yours that you know started their Pilates course. They're three weeks in and they're freaking out because they have to teach six exercises. You know, and they think they're a failure already. Like, what would you say mm. to them? You know, and and say that to yourself. Like, literally, like verbally, say it to yourself. And so the other thing you can do is imagine um, sort of a, a an inversion of that. Is like imagine this dear friend of yours. You imagine you told them what was actually going on inside your head right now. Like, what would they say to you? Do you think? What do you imagine that that friend would say to you mm. if you said, "Hey, I'm struggling with this right now. I feel A, B, and C. 
you know, mm. what do you think that friend would say to you? Do you think they'd say, oh, you're shit, give up, you know, you'll never amount mm. to anything? No. <laughs> I don't no, no, and, I hope you all, and I hope you all have a friend that, you know, when something like that is going on, you can say it to them because it's, it's, it's the best thing ever. And sometimes you just got to get the words out and get it out of your head too. Mm. Like I've, I've been there, you know, absolutely. When I've needed a bit of a reality check, you know, my, I've got, a, I've got a, a best friend of 24 years. So <laughs> since we're 18 and, and she always sees better in me than I've ever seen in myself. But like, don't, don't yeah. you don't you find? I mean, do you find? Because I find this with people who I there are a few people in my life who I lean on for advice in different realms, and you know, many of them, I think all of them now, I've you know got so much advice from them over the years that basically I I know what they would say. So I start yes. writing an email to someone like, okay, here's my situation, blah 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 blah. blah. I'm like, I yeah. know what this, I know what you're going to tell me. Okay, I'm not going to send yeah. the email. I'm just going to go and do it. Like, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, there, yeah. there are probably, you know, it might even be worth, I mean, I don't know if you're listening to this, if that's an experience that you've had, but if there's somebody that you, you know, trust and rely on for advice in this area, it's like sometimes you don't even need to actually ask them. I think like if, if you actually, I find for myself when I just actually start explaining to them, okay, here's my mm. problem. And I'm like, I'm like, okay, this person would want me to lay it out really clearly. And they'll, they'll, here's the questions I know they'd ask me. Oh, what have you tried this? Have you tried this? And I'll be like, yeah, yeah, I've tried this. I've tried this. I've tried this. And I'm like, oh no, I haven't tried that. Okay. Yeah, you know? yeah, <laughs> yeah. Absolutely, it's cool. It's cool, isn't it, to have um, a friendship like that? Um, and I think too, when we, you know, when we have, we're having, you know, these these thoughts of shout and whatnot. Um, it's interesting in that in that study as well, the systematic review. Um, they do talk about that that people with imposter syndrome tend to think they're the only one, you know, thinking that. Mm-hmm. So so they, it feels very isolating when you know, as as you said earlier on in the podcast, <laughs> we're all just figuring stuff out. We've oh, all yeah. thought the same thing. We've all you know, but um, there's got to be a point too where you go, hey. This is my life, you know, like, and I've had a few points like this of self-talk when there's been moments where I'm like, can I do this? Maybe I even had some of those thoughts when you first ever approached me, Raph, to, to be become a teacher trainer for Breathe. Mm-hmm. I, I'm sure I would have sat there a bit dumbfounded across the table from you like, uh, uh, yeah, me? Uh, I seem to remember that you did say something along the lines of, uh, you know, do you really want me sort of thing? Yeah, I think I was a bit like, what's going on here? What? <laughs> so thank you, Raph, for whatever it was you saw in me because talk about talk about a game changer. And I hope if you guys are listening and, you know, you think, wow, Chloe could have gone the other way and just gone, no, that's – no way, I can't be, you know, and I was in, you know, awe of breathe education. So to be approached by Raphael Bender <laughs> to be a part of of what he had created for me was pinnacle stuff, right? It was the stuff career dreams are made of. Um, so for me, I definitely had to grapple with, you know, my own, could I really step up to it? You know, did I have what it takes and now guys I'm the training manager of our entire training team and you know it's the the most 
most fantastic, fulfilling job, uh, you know, I, career I could ever hope to have ever. I think, didn't I say to you, Raphael, where do I see myself? It's like 80 something. I'm still going to be, yeah. <laughs> still going to be working with you. You're stuck with me. <laughs> like that's how much I love it and how fulfilled I am and stimulated every second, you know? So, but I could have choked, couldn't I? When you, when you came and asked me mm. and what a difference that would have made to my life. Now, one thing I'd like to say, um, about that, I found the bit, you know, where I was like, hey, Raph, can you chat while I find the bit I want to find? <laughs> um, so I, this, this really um, resonated with me with that systematic review. Um, they wrote here, um, in addition, employers can mitigate the effects of imposter syndrome by creating healthier expectations and cultures where mistakes are not interpreted as failures and publicly acknowledging and celebrating employee accomplishments. Mm. I thought that was really interesting. That's kind of what we did yesterday. That is kind of what we did yesterday, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And constantly improving, you know, we learn from our mistakes, big or small or yeah. I mean, if you so, already knew everything, the world would be a pretty fucking boring place, wouldn't it? Like, oh, it would be <laughs> so boring. It, every time someone says something like, yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. It, it would be, <laughs> it would be, <laughs> it'd be really boring. And yeah, I, I probably say this to my um, Sunday reformer crew every week. Like, what keeps me coming back to Pilates, like, I'm specifically talking about Pilates, is that every single time, I either get on the reformer or the mat, particularly for me working through the original Contrology exercises is particularly where my, my you know, continued interest is and stimulation. Um, I, 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 it's something new every time. Like it's, it's con- like I will never be bored of that. And I, and I feel really privileged, like really, I don't know what the word is, but well, grateful that I've kind of, I've got that to explore whenever I want, you know, it's cool. It and, cool. and, and, and guys, I still like, I, I can't do that. I can't, I shouldn't say, well, yeah, at the moment I can't, <laughs> I still haven't got into a full high bridge on the reformer with my feet on the foot bar and my hands on the shoulder post. But Heath can do a really good one though. Heath can do a freaking awesome one as can Shaman. Yeah. But should I have imposter syndrome because I can't? Is there anything that you can do that Heath can't do? Look, to be honest, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> you picked the wrong – sorry, you picked the wrong comparison there, <laughs> I don't know. He doesn't like, he doesn't like the dismount. Um, it's not his favourite and he'd be fine with me saying that. Doesn't mean he can't do it. He's a bit of a, bit of a freak of nature. <laughs> we all know that. He's superhuman. Um, but the thing is, right, if I had someone in my ear saying, hey, how dare you teach Highbridge on the reformer when you can't get your own body into it, that, you know, bugger off. So, guys, there's got to be a point too where you know you're putting in the work, right? So I'm not talking about sitting on your laurels and going, oh, yeah, I'm – fucking great and I'm never going to upskill, like I'm never going to keep learning. I'm never going to keep, you know, you got to keep stimulating yourself. you got to keep, yeah. you know, if keep not, on keeping if on. If you're not learning, right? you're, you're, you're dying. you got to Do the keep best going. until you know better and then do better. you mm. got to keep going. You've and got and to, I would say is, you've got to uh, even more 
than that, you've got to actively look for what's what's a better way. Like I reckon, yes. you know, that's how you get amazing at something. You're like you, you do, you know, as soon as you master one level, you're like, what's, yes. the, ne- what's the next level? Next level, next level. It's like on the computer, next level. Like, mm. yeah. So, um, mm, yeah, so you don't sit on your laurels, but also don't sit there because you can't do a high bridge and go, I'm shit. I, I'm not, I can't be an instructor. I def, whoa, I definitely can't be a teacher trainer. Whoa, oh no, I definitely can't manage a training team. Of course I bloody can. Of course I can. <laughs> hey, um, <laughs> I, I, I wanted, I've just been um, fact checking myself. And I just yeah. want to make a little. Uh, what's the thing you make when you you fucked up and you got it wrong <laughs> and you got it correct? You put your hand up and you go, "I, Raphael Bender, have fucked up, and we need to put in a little like yeah correction." Um, correction. Yeah, it's what they put on like page seventeen of the newspaper when they put the mistake on page one. You know. <laughs> <laughs> And um, they put the, the, the correction in really tiny print at the back so you yeah. can't really find it. Yeah. So, yeah, so because, uh, you know, we had that little talk about um, anxiety and depression earlier in this episode and, and I mentioned yes. about apps, online apps, yes. and I said yes. they're just as effective as in-person therapy and so I, I just thought oh, I'd better fact-check that before this goes yeah. out to air and, and I, I've actually yeah. fact-checked it and it's not the case, so I was wrong on that. Yeah. Um, so what I did find is a couple of systematic reviews from like 2015, 2017 that said that apps show a lot of promise and that online cognitive behavioral therapy guided by a therapist is just as effective as as in-person therapy with a cognitive behavioral therapist. Um, but that all the uh, most apps that are currently on the market are not uh, designed, you know, in an evidence-based way. They're just like someone's whacked together whatever they reckon sort of thing. So, and they haven't been rigorously tested. So uh, I would, my, I retract what I said before. And what I would like to advise you is um, if you, you know, if, if anxiety or depression are an issue for you, even if it's not like clinical level, you know, you're not paralyzed by it or whatever. It's like, this is like, this is, we can do, you know, we can do stuff about that. Not, I mean, not me personally, but like, you know, science can do stuff about that. Um, And there are, there are, um, psychologists who can actually help you and you don't have to be physically located near that person. So you could be in Alaska and they could be in New Delhi and they could still help you or um, they could be living up the road, but you just don't want to leave your front door for whatever reason. You prefer to do it online. Um, it's 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 just as effective if it's done by a, a trained cognitive behavioral therapist. So there you go. Wonderful. Yeah. Great clarification, Raph. Yeah. Great. Um, yeah. Hey, uh, I want to uh, also just um, loop back to, you know, something that, that we've alluded to a couple of times here, which is like I think that in the Pilates industry, you know, as a generalisation, um, we, we've tended to attract, you know, people who have kind of perfectionist tendencies Yes. Um, because Pilates for the longest time since basically Romana took it over, I think, um, has been sort of very, very perfectionist. You know, it's been like your toes have got to be pointed just so and you The dance you, element yeah, came on yeah. in. And then in the, in the 90s and 2000s, you know, that moved on from like your toes have got to be pointed to just so to like your right lower transversus abdominus has got to be firing at 25% (laughs) of maximum voluntary contraction, but not 30%. Um, 
and you know everything's got to be in you know immaculate alignment and it's all about you know finding minutiae of you know movement and your glutes are definitely yeah. inactive yeah and so, so and, and so we activate those right and so it was all about finding you know tiny little invisible faults um for the longest time um and so of course inherently you know who who likes who's drawn to that well people who want to be perfect and that's not a criticism of people who you know like i think Mm-mm. um healthy striving for, for perfection is is a good thing and an admirable thing i think um and you know we've just spent you know a few minutes saying don't rest on your laurels keep always keep improving yeah. but but i think you know where perfectionism becomes you know unhealthy is where you have unrealistic expectations of yourself that prevent you from actually striving because you think like oh if i can't be perfect on my first go i'm not going to do it sort of thing um, and so I think, you know, the, 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 the two pronged, you know, barb of the Pilates industry is that one, it kind of encourages that perfect perfectionism by the very nature of how it's often taught. And obviously that's not how we teach it. And if you're listening to this, that's probably not how you're teaching anymore. Mm. Um, uh, but then there's also this kind of hashtag real Pilates, you know, and, and it's not just that hashtag. Right? It is I feel like we summon someone when you say that and it's de- and I can feel Belinda going, fuck, hashtag real Pilates. Yeah. <laughs> not to be confused with an excellent set of studios in Dubai in the UAE called Real Pilates, no. which has nothing to do with hashtag real Pilates. They're an awesome studios. Love them. Shout out to Reza and Paul and the, and the crew. But, you know, the hashtag real Pilates, which is the like basically thought police you know, body shaming, technique shaming. Yes. Tr- you know, who were you trained by shaming? Um, Pilates snob stuff. Pilates yeah. fucking snob, mean girl, Leslie Lohan. Yeah. Is that her name? Leslie Lohan? <laughs> she, well, there is, well, there is, there is an not actual. Les, not Leslie Logan. No. Not Leslie Logan. Shout no, out to Leslie Logan. Logan. Love Leslie, Leslie Logan. I'm talking about that movie Mean Girls. Was that Leslie Lohan? Was that her name? <laughs> it was Lindsay Lohan. Lindsay Lohan. That's it. <laughs> All right. I mean, I never saw also the movie. But yeah. Um, <laughs> mean Girls. <laughs> um, definitely not Leslie Logan. Yeah, no um, Mean Girls stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. so there's this there's this kind of you know double edged kind of barb of like first you know we kind of suck people in with like oh look how perfect you can be doing Pilates you know we can get your transversus abdominis firing at twenty five percent we can get you perfectly neutral we can have your toes pointed just so we can have long and lengthened lines and blah 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 blah. And then we say, oh, you're not doing real Pilates. Oh, look at the way your teaser is. Oh, you oh know. look at your look at your abdominals bulging in your yeah. hundred. How dare you? Oh. You know, like, I just want to say to people who say that, fuck you. Like that's yeah, that's not like a cool thing to say. If you actually understood, <laughs> if you actually understood the anatomy of it, you would understand why if you pull. <laughs> but but even if even if you were right, right? I mean, even if you're right. Even if you're right and someone is doing it wrong, well, fuck you. Just let them do it wrong. You know, yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. Oh, what yeah. are you, God? You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, but look, and again, I always when we say something like this, I like to put my hand up and say there's been, you know, earlier on in my career when I was the biomechanics police, you know, with my former training, mm-hmm. you know, I, I totally form shamed push-ups. You know, if someone was hanging their head down, and now I'm just like, like I, I was that person. Really? You know? I can't imagine you doing that in a mean way. Oh, I would never do it in a mean way. But I might, but you know, but I'm looking at something going, that's not the, cor- like that is mm-hmm. not the correct form. Oh, yeah, sure. I mean, I, I, I look at things all the time and think, gee, you know, you could do that better. But it's like, well, people aren't asking but for I never help got, all the time. I never would, I'm, never I'm sure, I'm sure <laughs> like 
you know. Oh yeah, no, I never pointed. Oh, so, yeah, okay. Let's let, let's. I've, I would never, ever, ever, ever shame anyone ever. I, mean, I just mean we oh, just moved house. Have right? we looked at biomechanics? And I had yeah. all. I had you know these three guys, the removalist, professional removalist, you know, doing the move. But every so often, I'd you know walk past and pick something up and help them with it. And I'm sure, you know, because we're picking up some pretty heavy stuff and navigating around tight corners and whatever, I'm sure they were inside their head, they were just rolling their eyes like constantly, like, look at this amateur, you know, what the hell is he doing? Oh, because you, you, you were doing a bit of a Jefferson curl to pick up. I, I don't know. The no, but I'm just sure like. twist around the corner and a. Yeah, but I'm sure that if you if you were a professional removalist and you did that not, you know, eight hours a day, you know, five days a week for 20 years, like you'd get pretty good at navigating a bed, yes, a double right, bed around yeah. a corner up a set of stairs or whatever and it's like yeah. then they look at me doing it and I'm just like total amateur hour like that's oh, that's a mistake I made on my first day on the job never again sort of thing you yeah know, but, I hear you, but yeah. they refrained from laughing at me you know oh, and they thanks. just said oh thanks for your help thanks for your help mate ah yeah no, awesome. don't put don't put that there <laughs> you know <laughs> 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 um, so you know I think it's okay it's okay for people to be wrong you know and and they're not going to explode you know, like I saw, I saw a, um, and I think you know some of it comes from, uh, you know, it's it all kind of uh, some of it comes from this kind of fear based mentality that we've talked a lot about in the safety culture and um, that's within Pilates. Like I saw a forum, I think it was like Stop Pilates Forum UK or something this week that was um, which I'm an honorary member of, um, and now I'm just going to disappoint it was on it, but. Um, uh, <laughs> I'm just like it, you're. You're in there. You're enjoying being in the group. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, it okay. gives me fodder okay. for you know things like this. Obviously, I'm not going to mention any names, no. but um, <laughs> so it was one person saying like, oh yeah, I just saw somebody online post. Oh, I've got a you know back pain. Had quote serious back um, episode. Um, went was admitted to hospital, uh, emergency department right. for it. Uh, and, uh, and then, you know, all of these trainers saying like, oh, I'll see you for sessions online. I do group classes and like, you know, and then like a whole like avalanche of people going, oh, that's terrible. These people are so irresponsible. It's so dangerous. It's so blah, blah, blah. Uh, you know, and, and really actually like speaking as somebody who actually has read the evidence and I have a four year master's degree in clinical exercise physiology rehabilitation, and I'm very (laughs) up on the literature in this area that, uh, what, what they actually said was they said that this person was admitted to emergency for an, a, a severe back pain um, episode. They didn't use the word episode, but I can't remember what word they used. But basically there was no specification that it was a traumatic injury. Right. Right. And so it's like, well, from time to time in life, people suffer back pain, you know, sometimes severe back pain of mm. unknown origin. You know, it comes for no apparent reason. And sometimes we think, oh, it's because I lifted something wrong. But often it's like, well, you've lifted that same thing the same way a thousand times before and never got back pain. So why was it sore this time, you know? Um, and and so we we have this massive fear around that. And, and you know, consequently these people, you know, with good intentions, but there was more than a touch of self-righteousness about all of it was like, oh, those, you know, those irresponsible people who offered to work with this person in an online group, you know, exercise situation, you know, that's so irresponsible. You know, I would never work with this person until I'd seen a doctor or a physiotherapist or something. And, you know, I understand that they were doing this, you know, you know, in part out of good intentions and in part out of wanting to, you know, 
stick within their scope of practice and stuff. But actually, it's just like if there wasn't so much fear and and mis. Uh, information around, they would understand that actually the guidelines say <laughs> that in the absence of traumatic onset and red flags, you should basically just go about your business and keep doing exercise and that in fact, a supervised exercise program is not recommended <laughs> for mm. acute onset low back pain. Um, and so it, probably this person was totally fine to participate in online exercise classes of mm. any description within pain tolerance. Um, and, and, you know, so why do I, you know, bring that up? Because that's more of the the sort of like dangers of safety culture uh, conversation. But it's really like, well, there was an element of shaming these people who put their hand up and said, yeah, come and join mm. my class because mm. they were like, quote, you know, dangerous or irresponsible, mm. you know. And I think that's that's got to stop as well. Yeah, abs- absolutely. And, I mean, this I think we could loop. We could actually do a, another I think we should do another elephants episode on, you know, how to have conversations um, with, you know, people that don't have <laughs> the same viewpoints of Pilates. Oh yeah, you. what a what a, yeah. what a great what a great yeah. Because because for, for me this that almost segues into that and, as well. And when to when to not have the conversation. And when to not have the conversation. Absolutely, when to, you know and when to and when also, to just start a podcast so they can't talk back at you. Well, I feel like that's kind of what you and I did, did I? Because to be honest, Ralph, I've thought about this lately and I thought, gee, you know what? I a, That's why I was like before, I was like, oh, you're in a forum. I've, I've happily removed, I'm, I'm, I'm happily out of, <laughs> blissfully out of all, all forums, all places and not engaging with back and forwards on, on Insta or this or that because it's like, you know, and I wondered, I was thinking, oh, really? Oh no, that's right. We've got a podcast where I get yeah. to say it all. Yeah. Well, I, and in, it's really I, enjoyable. I, I went through the same phase as you went through, you know, being in forums and then telling people they were wrong about pain science or whatever. And then I realised, like, oh, you know, what's the point? It just makes me feel anxious. So well, stop it was doing giving it. me anxiety. That's yeah. why. Yeah, and then you know, I don't want to. Yeah. But, but <laughs> I, I enjoyed participating in in this particular forum because you know okay. generally people are very respectful and nice, and I feel like occasionally oh, I can great. I can contribute something useful. So I never talk about pain or injury in there, but mm-hmm. um, even though that's the thing I'm most interested in, but. Uh, you know, occasionally someone will say, hey, uh, you know, what's the best microphone to do my online Pilates oh, yeah, class? Cool. And I'm like, oh, we'll use this one and it really works or whatever, you know. Yeah. And, and so often, you know, well, not often, but, you know, every so often there's something I feel like I can add value without much effort. I can point them to yeah. a blog post or whatever that I'm aware of. And and so I feel like, oh, yeah, that's good. And I, I get to sort of be a fly on the wall and see what people yeah. are, you know, happy about, sad about, worried about, whatever over there in the – UK stop Pilates land. Yeah. You know. Yes. So um Okay, well are, are we done? Is there reckon? anything is there anything else we need to to touch on with this? <sighs> you know what? I, I do you remember I what I think <laughs> I think um it's really, as I said, I'd gone, I kind of started going on my little thing about don't sit on your laurels. You got to keep, you got to keep, you know, doing doing the work. Yeah. But uh, you know, do do the work. Get gritty on your passion. You know, go for gold and shake it off. And I've taken that, you know, not from Taylor Swift, although that's probably where Sarah got it, but um, Sarah Field, um, you know, friend of BE. Mm-hmm. 
And and she's she does quite a bit of um, she was telling me she does quite a bit of mentoring with with newer students who are you know facing those moments of self doubt. Oh, if if you, you know. if you are somebody who suffers from self doubt and feels like you can't be yourself and you need to pretend to be someone else, like go see Sarah or you know or yeah. virtually or in person. She's in Sydney, Australia, but you can find her online. Uh, she's yeah. Sarah Elizabeth at on. On Instagram, is she? We'll we'll, we'll link to yeah, her. Yeah. Well, would you know what we could do, Raph? We could also link into the show notes that great interview. Yeah, you did I mean, with she her, is fucking awesome. She is so empowered and like like yeah. she owns her shit. She is really she kick just ass. really she really does you know, and she's unapologetic for it. Yeah, and you know, she stands up for what she stands for. She's just she, awesome. Yeah. yeah, and and I find that. Like so freaking awesome. Mm. And she's said, you know, you've got to just shake it off. Mm. Like shake it off. And you know what? When she said that to me, she gives that advice. That advice actually really, really sunk in with me Mm. because every, like absolutely, uh, like I'm like everyone. I get little niggles come in, you know, of Mm. self-doubt or something. Could I have, oh, I've put that online, but did I say the right words? Or did I, was it, or, or. shake it off, like shake it off. Like this is your one life. You might, I mean, maybe you believe in multiple lives. I don't know, but look, this is your time now. What, why on earth would you want to waste that, you know, ability for freaking awesomeness Mm. on self-doubt? I think it's like, it's a, you know, really it's a, there's a kind of a fine, I guess it's a paradox to, to to navigate between, you know, never being satisfied and never going like, ah, I'm done, you know, I don't have to learn anything more now because now I know it all. Um, so always striving to improve, but at the same time, like being okay that you're not perfect, you know, and being okay with like setbacks or plateaus or whatever. And and I think, you know, possibly one, one place – that we've kind of exemplified this is the podcast itself. Like, so, uh, you know, we just record this from from our bedroom or wherever, you know, sitting in a closet in the hallway or whatever. Um, and just (laughs) in your, in that little Harry Potter cupboard you've got, right? (laughs) Um, in the, in the, in, uh, just over the iPhone, right? So, you know, we're both, we're on a phone call right now and I've got my mic at my end, you've got your mic at your end. And, and, uh, We've been, what are we up to like episode 15, 16, 17, something like that now. And so we've been doing it for that number of weeks. And each week we've got, we've learned a little bit more about how to make the sound, you know, okay and not too much background noise and all of that stuff. And, uh, you know, we've got a bit better at it. And then uh, we've made new mistakes that we didn't make the previous week. And so, like, uh, there, you know, there are, there are things in there that in my mind, because I'm, I'm primarily the one who's responsible for, trying to get the sound um, okay on this. And I'm listening, you know, when I listen back to the episode, sometimes I'm like, ah, oh, there's that thing in the background noise or there, there's that, you know, creak of the chair or there's that. There's that know. time Chloe accidentally <laughs> pushed a button or that time Chloe hung us up <laughs> mid, mid. No, I cut those <laughs> that out. Was, that, I must admit the time, guys, that I hung hung up on Raph mid, mid-podcast, I did, like, I did go into a sweat at that, I must admit. <laughs> 
but that, that was, was all not good. a fine moment. <laughs> that was all good. Um, but you know, so I guess I guess what I'm what I'm trying to uh, sort of draw people's attention to is that you know, if you listen to our first episode and then listen to this episode, you'll find that the sound quality is quite significantly different. Now, if you listen on decent headphones in a quiet room, you'll definitely be able to tell the difference in the sound quality from episode one to episode you know seventeen. But uh, along the way, there have been peaks and troughs. And so like the last three weeks, uh, I've been, sorry, six weeks, I've been moving house. Uh, and so we didn't have our regular setup and I was, you know, pretty much, you know, literally doing it in a shoebox in my dad's, you know, hallway. And, um, uh, you know, sounds kind of crap. A lot of it, you, know, you can hear trucks going by in the background <laughs> and the hum of the air conditioning and, you know, people slamming doors at the other end of the house and, and whatever. And it's like, you know, that kind of grinds me and I'm like, that is not how I want it to be. But it's like, well, I've got to be cool with that, you know, because I know we're working towards perfection, but we're not there yet and we don't have yeah. a you know, $2 million soundproof studio and whatever. So it's like, all right, well, this is good enough so people don't yeah. get distracted by it, hopefully. And, you know, it's like, all right, we've just got to keep trying to get better. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. So yeah, so you you guys are awesome. You you know, <laughs> and and you know, be proud of yourselves. For and the hard if work you're, you're listening doing. to this, you are awesome. Like the very fact that you're listening means that you're into constant improvement and you're into you know challenging your own thinking and being open to you know new ways of doing things. And that puts you in like squarely in the one percent. You are just by the fact that you're listening to this, you've already graduated, you're already qualified <laughs> to be in the elite group of people who genuinely want to get better, even if that means re examining prior beliefs and maybe let, discarding some of those out, that are outdated. So, you know, if, if you are, if you are listening to this, that means that you are, in fact, you know, worthy of praise and, you know, deserve to be proud of, you know, like, be proud that you're cognitively agile enough mm-hmm. to to listen to you know new you know new new possibly ways of thinking about how the world works and and mm. reevaluating your own prior beliefs and doing that in an environment in an industry where that is not the norm and where that is you know by and large you know not just sort of like looked down on but it's actually like actively and and vigorously resisted you know, by the majority, I would say at this point. So, you know, you, you know, my friend, if you're listening to this, you, you're already, you already owe yourself some, you know, some, some praise and some sort of like just basking in some glow of achievement of being fucking smart and open-minded. So good on you. Yeah. Good on you for sure. And um, we appreciate you a lot. Yeah, you're awesome. Yeah, you're awesome, you're and you're awesome, awesome Rob. Yeah, you're awesome, Chloe. <laughs> thanks for thanks for um, sitting across from me, asking to <laughs> sit across from me that that fateful day, and uh, you know this, you know this opportunity, and yeah. So yeah, hey, um, next it. next week, let's let's record this live in the same room, eh? We've I've got permission from my wife. We can we can do it without a mask. Ooh, okay, cool. Raph in his beauty. Oh, Raph, your house. It's gorgeous. Yeah. New house. We're both in new houses. <laughs> yeah, we're all moved. We've got air conditioning. It's all yep. good. Yay. And it's very quiet too. No trucks going past. Yeah, very yeah. peaceful. You can see horses from your window in yeah, the paddocks. But they're not very noisy, so it's all right. No. Yeah. <laughs>
Okay. Well, thank you, everyone. Thanks for listening. And we can't wait to interact with you more um, throughout 2021. And as always, we would really appreciate a good old five-star review. Yeah, give um, us a five-star review. On the podcast app. And, you know, if you've got time to write some words in there, that would be fantastic. If you want to write a few paragraphs praising us to high heaven, (laughs) that would be much appreciated. Because, you know, because people read that. And uh, makes they a difference do, yeah. to whether the, they then uh, try the podcast. Yeah, I'm, I, I listen. I, I when I go to podcasts, I, I read that and look at that. So yeah, that would be really awesome um, to help support us. Yeah, thank you. See ya. Bye. After two exercise science degrees and over a decade and a half of reading research daily. I've condensed all the current science on rehab into a program called the Clinical Exercise Specialist Rehabilitation. Inside the program, I'll teach you to do three things. One, deeply understand how the body works. Two, confidently and expertly rehab literally any client. And three, get results for your clients. So ultimately, your clients tell their friends and you become known as the go-to expert in your area. This program is completely unlike any education you've done before, even if you've studied with us before, because of the way we've built the learning design. It's an online, flexible, skill-based learning program, which means you keep doing the skills under supervision until you're good at them. It's more of a mentorship model than a traditional course model. So Rather than rushing through the content and having sort of one go at everything, you actually just practice live and we give you feedback and guidance and we dialogue and explore concepts together until you're highly skilled and confident. We just keep working the material until you get it. It's not rushed at all. It's not about ticking off the content. It's about engaging, practicing and applying it until you own it. This is a life-changing program, not some weekend certification. I've put my heart and soul into building this, and I can't wait to share it with you and help you discover your genius for anatomy and rehab. Now, because of the highly interactive nature of this program, we're only taking on 12 students worldwide. The program starts on March the 1st, and the first 12 qualified people to apply will be allowed to enroll. So if you're interested in learning more, click the link in the show notes and download the course guide or go to breathe-education.com and click on the clinical certification menu in our uh, link in the top menu. That's breathe-education.com and click on the clinical certification link in the top menu.